Greetings, fellow podcast listeners and fellow Stranger Things fans. 2022 was a fantastic year to be a Stranger Things fan as well as a podcaster. It was also a year of firsts for the podcast. Today, I want to tell you about the successful year for the Stranger for the Ham Radio podcast, its parent outlet, Ham Radio Media, and Stranger Things in general. I'd like to begin this state of the podcast address by once again welcoming Jasmine Petty, who you will hear from later on, to Ham Radio Podcast and the Ham Radio family as our co-host. Jasmine comes to the podcast from Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast, where she was host and producer. But don't let that fool you. Jasmine is as big a Stranger Things fan as they come, and her experience in podcast hosting as well as production will be a great asset for Ham Radio as we move forward into our Stranger Things 5 era and beyond. Finally, Jasmine's knowledge of social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok is a great advantage for not only Ham Radio Podcasts, but also Ham Radio Media as we continue to grow in our existing socials like Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and expand into new social media territory like TikTok and Discord and Patreon. I'm so excited to have Jasmine part of the Ham Radio family, and I can't wait to see what we accomplish together in the new year. Ham Radio Podcast had several guests on the show in 2022, a first for the podcast. Guests included, in no particular order, Frank Duran, host of the Warp Shelf podcast, which reviews various films and television series. Robin Farrell, host of Coffee and Contemplation, a fellow Stranger Things podcast. Jasmine Petty, who I previously mentioned was a host of a Grey's Anatomy podcast at the time she guested. Miles and Kathleen McGillivray, hosts of Stranger Things, hosts of Stranger Steel, a Stranger Things rewatch podcast. And Jasmine Lopez, host of the Books Between Sisters podcast, which reviews books of various genres. Some of these guests even appeared on the podcast multiple times. Robin Farrell, Frank Duran, Jasmine Petty, and Miles and Kathleen McGillivray. And one even eventually became the pod's co-host. The opportunity to have these guests on the program this year speaks to not only how far and Radio has come since its inception in June of 2021, but it was so much fun to sit down and have a conversation with each of them about a television series that we all love and adore. It also allowed for us to gain wonderful connections and relationships with these individuals, which I sincerely hope continues beyond the Stranger Things series finale. In addition, I had the honor of being invited as a guest myself on Coffee and Contemplation, Stranger Still, and the Dead Jester's Productions podcast to talk about Stranger Things 4. This year was the first year the podcast has participated in Spotify's annual Wrap for Podcasters. I'm pleased to say that listenership increased dramatically this year, and our audience expanded as well. For example, the podcast has also seen downloads in countries like Mexico, Australia, and the Netherlands, in addition to the United Kingdom and Canada. 
It truly pulls at my heartstrings knowing that this quote-unquote little podcast is being consumed by our fellow Stranger Things fans abroad. Yes, a majority of the podcast Brilliant 2022 is accredited to Season 4 being released this year. It's no surprise that the top three episodes of the podcast revolve around the epic fourth season. But that doesn't make us any less appreciative of the listeners who tuned in in 2022. The podcast wasn't the only successful part of the Ham Radio Network. Ham Radio Media's YouTube channel also did well in 2022. We've gained a total total of 13 subscribers this year, bringing the current total to 17 subscribers and produced 20... Upwards of 20 Stranger Things fan edits, which have yielded almost 2,000 in total views. Ham Radio YouTube also produced a season four edit this year featuring Kyle and Dixon, Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein's soldiers that has now been viewed over 1,000 times, our most viewed edit to date. Lastly, Ham Radio Media now has a YouTube handle at Ham Radio 1983 which allows for easier access to the channel, and it separates our channels with similar names and even other Stranger Things fan edit channels. As many of you know, the fourth season of Stranger Things was much, much long-awaited. It had been three years since Stranger Things Season 3 came out on July 4th, 2019. I was still in college, and most of my friends either weren't married or didn't have kids at that time, and now they are married and have kids, or are married at least. So it's no surprise that many fans around the world were waiting for Stranger Things 4. And even though the COVID-19 pandemic parlayed that wait... It was worth it. In fact, two of the episodes from Stranger Things Season 4, Chapter 4, Dear Billy, and Chapter 7, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, are two of the most watched episodes in Stranger Things history so far. And it was also the number one watched English series, English-speaking series, on Netflix. So needless to say, Stranger Things did very well in 2022. And hopefully it'll do well whenever Stranger Things 5 comes out, which I think it will. To wrap up this State of the Podcast address, I just want want to say thank you uh, everyone for listening to the podcast in 2022. Uh, it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun recording episodes, theorizing before season four came out, and discussing season four once it did come out. And 2023 is going to be a very bright spot for the podcast, folks. You already know we have Jasmine, part of the family now. And we have a lot of good content coming your way. And I'll end this this address by saying, just giving you what you can expect 
2023. We're going to get a Patreon. We're going to get a Patreon to you guys out there, which will have exclusive content uh, that is is separate from our regular podcast content. We'll have more information for you guys on that in 2023. Uh, And so there will be a lot more opportunities for you there to interact with us uh, through our Patreon and get, again, exclusive content that we're really excited to um, present for you guys. And we have a Discord coming. Uh, that I'm really looking forward to that. We're still going to be on Instagram, Twitter, all that. But we decided to make a Discord so that it can be a little bit more actual in-depth conversation without a lot of excess, right? I believe it's called, most people call it trimming the fat, if you will. Um, and that's not saying that anyone out there on Twitter is bad. Not saying that I love promoting the podcast on Twitter. I love all that. But this this Discord server that we have coming down the pipeline is going to allow for us all to just have a wonderful in-depth discussion about this show, what's to come, and all that good stuff without a lot of, again, excess. Um, and then we have more really good content coming on our YouTube channel, which I'm very excited about. We're going to do some more shorts on there, uh, obviously more edits. And then eventually, by the time season five comes out, which I know it won't be in 2023, uh, maybe go live, do some things, different things like that, um, and more visual content. And I'm really <clears throat> looking forward to that. And finally, we have a website. Um, Jasmine and I uh, have been working really hard on that. And I don't really know yet when we'll have that out, um, but it'll it'll be in you know probably early part of 2023. Again, we'll have more info on that <clears throat> for you guys uh, as well, and we're some we're really really excited about that, and uh, I'm just really excited to where we're going uh, next year with not only the podcast but just ham radio media in general. Um, you know, this little hobby that I created, um, going on two years now, um, has really expanded its territory and has grown, uh, tremendously. And that's all thanks to you. Like we would not be in the position that we are now if it weren't for you, our listeners, our followers, I can't thank you guys enough and, Oh, and also we're going to have merch as well. We're going to get some merch out there for you guys. So again, we're really excited about that. Um, And you know, it's, it's, this is one of those things where you, you can say, well, Stranger Things, the latest season, you know, it's been out there. I mean, there's not going to be another new season until at least two years from now. Why do you, why are you and Jasmine so dedicated to this show when it's it's definitely it's basically in its off season right now well it's because you know number one we love this show and number two the biggest goal that i i want that i have for this podcast is to keep stranger things relevant because 
we live in a society today where it's the microwave society, if you will. Everyone wants, you know, content. Everyone wants things now. And when you get that, you're satisfied and then you move on. And we see it a lot in binging on Netflix. You know, you watch a, the whole season in one day and then you're, you want something else. You want another season, what have you. And so it's very easy for a show like Stranger Things that has been watched, uh, streamed when it, when it releases for, for people, even our fans, I mean, including myself, I sometimes get burned out, you know, for, for, for people to lose interest. And so that's one of the goals that I have for this podcast is to keep Stranger Things fandom alive, to keep interest in it alive, and also, you know, someone who just loves podcasts stumbles across our podcast and goes, hmm, you know, I really like what they're talking about. I think I'll go subscribe to Netflix, or I think I'll go watch Stranger Things, since I've never watched it before, and, you know, maybe we can get some potential fans, bring some more fans into the fan base. So that's, that's, you know, why, why I enjoy doing this, why we do what we do. And, and that's going to be our main goal until, until it ends, which I don't like to think about, but we have time for that. Please enjoy these clips of the top episodes of Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast in 2022. So now, Robin, luckily, is back with us. We're going to be talking about <laughs> uh, Chapter 7, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab. So, Robin, uh, you have any uh, just initial thoughts on this episode you'd like to share with everyone? Uh, a couple. Um, one thing I thought was was interesting, that, and by interesting I mean um, there's a little bit of side-eye and shade going on. I did not absorb until this rewatch that uh, Joseph Quinn, his name is not in the credits. Really? no and i checked i went back to season three because i was like okay well he's new so maybe like i went back to season three to see if they put maya hawk's name in the credits and they they absolutely did so mm-hmm. maybe it's a screen time question but i was really surprised by that i was actually really really yeah, surprised because he was I, in this episode he was in this episode and he's i i mean even i mean and i don't know if maybe that's like telling of the fact that maya hawk like was gonna make it out of season three mm-hmm. and quinn does not but i, I don't know I, so i just thought that was that was interesting uh other than that though i also do want to say that like i i am kind of disappointed that netflix took down the uh content warning i i kind of wish that they had kept it up at least on this episode because yeah watching it again more, yeah you see yeah. A lot, the entire thing happening like more it's like pretty much the same as episode one yeah well and and i do think that part of the reason that i say that is because it is a very successfully executed 
sequence in terms of how horrific it is it's and that's mm -hmm. why i think the con the content warning should still be there because it does still feel like a school shooting even all these these months later it it's and i think i don't think that's going to change in the same way that like you can watch a film about that about that exact topic and it still absolutely will feel effective mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I mean, it starts off with such a bang. I love, I love. Apart from Nancy's completely unnecessary, hi there. I love the beginning, the beginning fight. Like that, that sequence is fantastic. Um, I adore Erica in this episode. There's not enough of her this season. I, I just, you know, we need more of Erica Sinclair. Just the facts. I, I love. So something I actually didn't say about the about the dive that. Uh, you really see a lot in this episode is I really, really appreciate the the way that they handle the romance, but specifically in that there's a lot of female gaze in this episode. And what I mean by that is compared like to the way that they approach Billy and the way they shoot Billy in season three, he's very objectified. He's very like dominant in terms of his personality. Like uh, Heidi pointed out over on coffee and contemplation that billy is actually presented in a very male gaze way and even though he's a dude and not a woman it's still very very male gazy mm -hmm. in terms of not just him but everyone's reaction to him this this episode and the one before like it's very female gaze and even though uh, the cinematographers and the directors they're all men so I was kind of like well done very well done guys um, because so much of what happens like in the boat when Steve like strips off his shirt like I was based on the way that the show has treated him for the past two seasons I was fully expecting them to to like make a joke at his, at his expense like low like low level body shame him so I was really glad they didn't and more to the point they yeah there's the joke with Max and the binoculars but Nancy even though she like looks up at him and Robin kind of smirks from the other end of the boat when she said what she says to him is be careful and so in this and and so what I like about that is the fact that even though yeah there's a, there's attraction there it's all you could also totally read that as like her realizing he's just about to do this like this is a different guy than I knew before. Like, I think you can draw a, a direct parallel from that moment to what she tells Jonathan at the end of the season with, he's really grown up. Like, I think that's really where that thought first kicks in. And welcome back to the Ham Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. And today I have a special, two special guests uh, on with me today. Uh, Miles and Kathleen, hosts of Stranger Still, a Stranger Things recap podcast. Miles, Kathleen. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you so much for the invite onto your show. We're super excited to talk about Stranger Things. Yes, this is it's time. We've been in a daze watching <laughs> and then watching again. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kathleen, you want to start off by uh, talking about some episode eight stuff, you know, Papa? Oh man, oh, there's, I just, I thought that was an excellent episode. Um, really a special, especially the stuff with Dr. Brenner. Um, when he, gosh, the scene when he dies, I mean, that whole dynamic there. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Some of my favorite moments are from yeah. episode eight. I mm -hmm. think we've got some, you've got some eight woven into your the categories that we're going to talk about. Oh yes, <laughs> definitely. I'll definitely be touching on eight when we hit our care, uh, our categories, our favorite moments. Um, 
definitely loved episode nine though too i mean i'm all about Mm -hmm. part two in its entirety was amazing like i said we're i'm in a daze i can't even necessarily remember what was eight and what was nine sometimes i had to go back i was able to rewatch episode eight in its entirety um just because i couldn't distinguish okay what happened in episode eight and what happened in episode nine we watched them back to back basically um so like miles said it's hard to distinguish between the two a co-star it is nancy not only does she face down vecna face to face there she i mean she's scared but she is like making eye contact and holding her own she also Mm -hmm. faces down jason in the you know in the gun shop Mm -hmm. and then she this is just nancy badass moment it is one against six about amount of people want to go back into the upside down (laughs) and she convinces everyone she's the she's the absolute like push to what we see in this finale yeah. yeah, absolutely. He definitely shouldn't have uh, showed her about her family. I will say that, even though we didn't see yeah. that, uh, which is interesting. But yeah, because that's that's when she's like, "Yeah, we should probably go ahead and do something about this uh, <laughs> before things get bad." Yeah, right. when when you threaten Karen. Uh, yeah you know what i thought it was funny when she was talking about her family and she's like you know my mom and holly and my brother and she does not mention her dad maybe vecna didn't show her dad yeah which they didn't even show ted in the earthquake so he was yeah yeah, i'm like ted could have just been dead and probably would have never known because because he would just like been passed out on the recliner, just like oh, he just wakes trying. up to like yeah. what happened. He died. He died as he lived <laughs> on the recliner. <laughs> so we are going to get into part two of this season four finale by talking about. Season five, our predictions, thoughts, mm-hmm. theories, all that good stuff. I will be so mad if she does not survive. I cannot yes. let her go. I'm just not ready for that. Yeah, not... I do have a prediction, um, and I don't know. I mean, all of my predictions have been completely wrong so far, so we'll see. But my prediction um, is based on what Vecna has said previously in season four that Mm -hmm. everybody he's killed is still with him so i'm predicting that he is somehow holding on to max's consciousness Mm -hmm. and um that's why 11 can't find max Mm -hmm. but l has somehow been able to keep max's body alive so that in season five we will somehow see max's consciousness return to her body so that's what i'm holding on hope for i'm i'm not ready to say goodbye to max she has to survive yeah i think we're gonna see so what i took from the smoke inhabiting all of those formaldehyde demodogs in russia is Mm -hmm. that you know the mind flayer really is you know everything and i know we already knew that how many times to say hive mind in this season like hive mind hive mind mind. yeah say it like a million times yeah i think we see the hive mind without a brain attack the town um at the beginning of next season 
So mm-hmm. I, I think it's demo dogs and demo bats and, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe even the smoke, but with, with Vecna hurting, you know, with mm-hmm. their, with their leader, um, you know, I think that they are ultimately defeated. Um, and I guess you know, we have a question later about what is our ideal finalist season. And I'll, I'll explain that later, but, mm-hmm. um, I think that we see our same animals or what do we call them? Creatures, Lovecraftian <laughs> creatures. Uh, I think we see them attack the town of Hawkins, but with, without, um, without a purpose. Any purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. I was definitely, th- I definitely think we're going to see some demodogs, maybe some demogorgons, but I also feel like with every season we get a new monster. Mm-hmm. So there, I feel like we will have some sort of new big creature or creatures, mm-hmm. um, that are also involved, fueled by, uh, Vecna, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so what those will be, I'm not sure. But I yeah. definitely think we'll have a mix of old yeah. and new. Opening scene. It's the kitchen. Wheeler house. Ted Wheeler <laughs> is working on a plate of pancakes. And a new upside down creature comes in through the thing. And he chops the head off and he says, get your own food. <laughs> Don't you have somewhere else to go? <laughs> yes. Credits. Oh, All these um, jokes about Ted. <laughs> Annette, um. You know, Nancy says, like, she talks about, like, this big beast and these monsters everywhere, and she doesn't really uh, describe uh, any of them, and I feel like because she's seen all of, like, the monsters thus far in this show, I would think she would know they would be Demogorgons and you know, the mind flare and stuff, so that's why I wanted to get your, you guys' opinion. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also Demma elephants. Ooh, and maybe spiders. We yeah. know that he has Demma a spiders. huge connection yeah. with spiders. That would yeah. be yeah. Um that would be terrifying for me because I'm scared of spiders. But um Oh whoa. gosh. Oh, prepare yourself. <laughs> um, prepare yourself. As I was watching episode eight and then watching everything at episode nine happen, uh it felt very book of revelations to me um and so my co-worker actually had texted me this and she was talking about the four horsemen in the book of revelation like in armageddon and stuff and the four horsemen are like conquest war hunger and death like they represent all four of those things respectively and so i went back to vecna needing four portals to completely open up you know let the upside down completely take over so kind of what we're talking about when i was on uh y'all's show about the spires all the bodies on the spires and because we know from brenner that henry doesn't just take victims he consumes them everything about them in through inside out and so i kind of wonder uh Will we see something kind of similar with from each four corners of where the, all these portals have opened? And on one side, you'll have hunger and then famine and then war and then eventually death, which is kind of what I think. Uh, I feel like Henry is really going for that. And I think in season five, we'll see maybe first comes. Uh, famine 
then comes uh, war, then comes conquest, then comes death. So oh, I could be looking incredibly too too much into that, but uh, it's kind of how I kind of pictured it. All right, everyone. So welcome back to the Ham Radio podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ashley. And today I have a special guest who is returning to the program, Miss Jasmine Petty. Jasmine, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I just got back from a week of uh, summer youth camp. And honestly, it feels like it's been a month, but it was very fun. And, you know, I had a couple of kids. Uh, in my cabin that loves Stranger Things. So that's what we talked about before bed. So it was all good. But uh, yeah, just glad to be back to recording some episodes here. Right on, summer camp is always fun. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever volunteered for camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was definitely an experience, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. Wouldn't have traded that for the world. So that's good um so jasmine is here today to talk about stranger things season four uh talk a little bit about like predictions that we got right predictions we didn't get so right and you know we're talking about some relationships in this season we're gonna talk a little bit about season five all that good stuff so jasmine i want to ask you to start off this episode Something that a lot of people were talking about is why do you think Eleven couldn't locate Max in her mind? And do you think they should have just killed Max off? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's um, a really big, uh, yeah, big kind of question mark this uh, coming to next season. Um, my, so I'm glad they didn't kill her off because I like that they left it open-ended because I feel like they did wrap up a lot of things at the end of the season. So it was nice to kind of have a couple of things where you're like, oh, I like, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, and there's so many possibilities. Um, and I really enjoyed Max's journey this season. And I thought Sadie Singh did such a great job. Uh, so I'm really excited to see where that storyline goes. Um, in terms of why Elle couldn't locate her, my personal theory is that like, her body's still alive, but her mind is somewhere else. And since we know that like everyone reacts differently to being in a comatose state, and there's still so much we don't understand about the human brain, to me, it kind of felt indicative of that and kind of that whole, you know, like, where do you go when you're in that state? Um, and my theory is that, you know, since we know that L can manipulate electricity, um, I could see Elle kind of honing her powers, like Owen's talked about, and then practicing maybe with her mother, kind of like as a test run to see if they can kind of restart something there and then using those abilities to, to bring Max back. Um, although I have heard the theory like from other people that they think that like Vecna takes people's souls, which is why Elle couldn't find Max in the void. And then once they kill him, her soul will be released and Max will come back to life and everyone who died in the upside down will be brought back to life. I don't know if I believe that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I'll, I've seen you know a lot of people talking about that theory. So um, I, yeah, I think it was a good cliffhanger, you know, well, it was like really, really sad. It was like, yeah, like there, there's, you know, people are speculating and that gives kind of people something to speculate 
about until uh, season five comes out. Once we saw volume two, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I was kind of, I was in the camp of, you know, what's, you know, are they gonna use a song? What song is it gonna be? And then people were speculating, okay, it's gonna be like a something, a song that's gonna have something to do with Steve and Nancy. So it's gonna be like Africa by Toto or, mm-hmm. you know, or Steve's favorite song or that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I was, I love that scene where like Robin, you know, was talking about it. He's like, we need music. He's like, this is music. <laughs> yeah, that's, it was great. That was great. That made me laugh. And he was a great addition. I'm sad he died. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, some of the stuff I got right. Um, yeah, there, well, we talked about this briefly last time, but there being something going on with, with Jonathan and Nancy not spending time together over spring break. Um, like when we talked about this last time, I was like, I don't know what's going on there, but I feel like something is up. Mm-hmm. And I was right about something being up. I mean, I didn't expect um you know I didn't expect like Jonathan had gone off the rails and that like Steve was going to emerge as you know um like the better choice uh because I was more expecting it you know there was something going on with Jonathan and Nancy I wasn't really sure what it was though and you know Steve was going to get like a a new love interest the way that Robin did Mm -hmm. um but I did I did kind of have the sense that something was up with that you know because they were in different posters and we got the descriptions and I was like, yeah, so- something is up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that, that made me, I was like, oh, like I called that one. And then Steve and Robin both getting love interest. This was something I'd wanted since season three. Uh, I love that Robin, um, you know, I loved her storyline with Vicky. Mm-hmm. I love how supportive Steve was. Um, I love how they built that. I thought it was very subtle and very nice. Um, I'm a big like John Hughes, Molly Ringwald, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles fan. Yeah. So, and they said that her character, Vicky's character, and even the hair color was based on Molly Ringwald. So I love mm-hmm. that. Um, like her outfit when they're at the, um, like the, the store when they're getting supplies mm-hmm. was, you know, uh, like she could have been, like she looked just like her. I thought that was great. Yeah. And um I love that and I loved you know we got to learn more about Steve and his dating life and we really got a sense of what he'd been up to between seasons three and four um which I like because I don't think we really got that in the same quite the same way all the other characters because they kind of jump into the action but I like those scenes with Robin and Steve where you know like that scene in the car when he's driving her to the pep rally Mm -hmm. um you know a lot was established we kind of see where he's at um and so we really get a sense of what's been going on with him you know, between the seasons mm-hmm. in a way we hadn't before. So I really love that. Um, and I really love that they set him and Nancy up for season five. Uh, I was not expecting that. I didn't think Steve and Nancy would ever make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they did it really, really well. I loved the way they handled that. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see them, you know, that, that storyline kind of come to fruition um, in season five. Um, and I guess kind of the biggest one is I think what everybody was really hoping for is Joyce and Hopper finally getting together. Yeah. Oh, like you knew it was going to happen. It'd been like a slow burn since season one, but still it was, oh, it was so satisfying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, because for so long, you know, like Hopper was obviously interested in her. But there was this hesitancy on her part because she was grieving and because you know she'd gotten divorced and everything she'd been through. Um, 
and you know like there was kind of that sense after season um you know after everything happened in like you know in season one that you know her and hopper were gonna finally get together Mm -hmm. but then you know it's kind of implied but you know like he takes an l he starts you know he's occupied with that Mm -hmm. he can't tell her what's going on so you know she knows he's like she must have realized he was lying to her about something you know he kind of pulls away to deal with that and in the wake of it you know bob steps in and is like you know he's always you know had a crush on her and so you know I think as an audience, you know, as a fan, I was happy for, you know, Mm -hmm. that she'd found love again. Um, But you knew from the beginning that Bob was going to die. He was just too good. You know, he was was just too good for this world. You're like, oh, something's happened to that guy. Um, One, he was too good. And also like, you knew her and Hopper were going to get together at some point. So, you know, something was happening to Bob. Um, And he was too nice of a guy for them to have pulled like, I don't know he did something wrong and they broke up so you knew something was going to happen to bob um so yeah that was super satisfying and also just the fact that like joyce that like joyce was kind of the instigator there and that she mm-hmm. was like 115 percent into it yeah um i love that because you kind of had this hesitation on her part up till that point uh-huh. um and so i i love that and i love the way that they they did it and just their expressions when they're like making out and then the phone goes off and her expression, but she's like, oh, come on. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, I saw someone, there was like, I saw a post where somebody was like, Joyce Byers single-handedly held up the phone industry in season one just for them to do her like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <as> a portrayal. <laughs> you know, to be like, remember they're listening and just having to pause and it's like, uh-huh. oh. So um, I was so glad I was right about that. I love them. I feel like everyone has a different opinion on all the other relationships, mm-hmm. but everybody agrees on Joyce and Hopper. <laughs> like everybody yeah. agrees that they're meant to be. Um, and, you know, something I, I would say I got right and also got wrong is I kind of pictured them coming back to the US and Hopper moving to California and them all being like a family there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't anticipate you know them all moving back to Hawkins but like right idea wrong place you know like I was kind of picturing them finally getting together and you know all of them you know them and their kids becoming a family um so yeah right idea wrong mm-hmm. place um but yeah I was super um yeah I was super super happy when that finally happened yeah well you know they might actually have to uh, move out to Lenora it depends on what uh what becomes of hawkins uh, at the end of next season so I feel like, they like move back to california though i mean like the kids obviously hated like ella attacked that girl with a roller skate like i don't feel like they obviously hated living there so i don't think they'd move back to california um but i like i could see them moving somewhere else i, I have a friend who's a big stephen king fan mm-hmm. and she had a theory she was like i feel like they might wind up might wind up moving to maine yeah because, where bob's house that house yeah yeah well her point yeah, wasn't like, I can see that. Bob and more but yeah well more about the fact that like most stephen king novels are set in maine mm-hmm. because he's from there and they're like yeah they can move to the fictional town of, like Derry, maine and like really drive the stephen king reference home <laughs> like yeah yeah so i i could i could see that i mean i like them being hawkins i mean they were obviously unhappy in California. Mm-hmm. I like seeing like the whole, like one thing about having the whole, I think everyone back in Hawkins for season five is that like you get to see the whole cast interact together. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is good. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I can see them moving to Maine or something when this is all over. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, what was your favorite plot line? Oh, my favorite plot line. Um, I'd say the, I would say the Hawkins plot. So, yeah. you know, the Creel had investigating the Creel house, Vecna, um, that whole thing. I love the dynamics. Um, I love all the Steve and Nancy stuff. I love seeing Robin and Nancy become like a dynamic duo and then becoming friends. Um, it was cool to see kind of the interactions between Lucas, Dustin, and, and Max, mm-hmm. um, which is I feel like was kind of a throwback to season two. Um, yeah, I love seeing that. I love like kind of all the Lucas and Max stuff. Um, I just thought it was very interesting. Um, I also really appreciated on a personal level the the storyline with Victor Creel mm-hmm. um, when they got to see him at the psychiatric facility. Like I thought they did a good job of, you know, like showing what a facility like that would actually be like at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, something that I, I really appreciated was when, you know, they were announcing casting and information was coming out. There was that, um, oh, I mean, we now know it was kind of like um, a red herring, but they didn't know something about, you know, them casting um, an actor to play like an orderly and how, you know, like when he finally stand up with brutality he sees every day. Yeah. And with, um, what is it? Um, with Jamie. And so they're given a fake name and everything. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, God, I hope they don't do the like, crazy person escape from the asylum like that type of horror mm-hmm. you know that type of thing because personally I find that very offensive um as someone whose life has been touched by mental illness I just think mm-hmm. it's horribly mm-hmm. offensive and just plain wrong and there's nothing entertaining about like I don't understand people who are into that quite frankly like um I mean at this point I think there's an acknowledgement culturally anyway that you know like that's not an okay thing to do and you know it's basically making fun of people for being sick um and so I was when that was first announced I was like oh god I hope I don't go that route like that would just ruin the whole series for me um because I've had that happen you know I've been I've you know watching other tv shows and you know it's like a comedy or something and you know everything's great and then they do a Halloween episode and there's like an escape mental patient plot and I'm like really seriously um so I really liked that they showed they were realistic about that plot and they found a way to make it creepy and interesting mm-hmm. while also being super respectful. Like never in that plot did you feel they were making fun of Victor Creel or any of the other patients. Um, you know, and I, it felt realistic, it felt mm-hmm. true. Um, you know, and I was like, this is a nice facility. Like, you know, like the whole point where they're like, oh, there are no fences, there are no gates. And it's like, well, most people are here of their own accord. They want to get better or they, they feel this is what's best for themselves. And that's true. I mean, most uh, places are, you know, they're, they're voluntary or, you know, you're, you know, you're, um, you're taken there because, you know, you're a danger to yourself. So mm-hmm. I felt like that was realistic and I thought it was really beautifully done and really interesting. And um, yeah, I like that they found ways to kind of like, they had kind of like Silence of the Lambs references and, and Freddie Cougar references with mm-hmm. in a way that was respectful. And um, yeah, I really appreciated that they did that and I found it super interesting. Um, so 
before I go, before we hear some closing words from Jasmine, I just want to say again, thank you for a wonderful 2022 year for the podcast and ham radio media. And I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. This will be the last uh, episode of the podcast in 2022, but we'll have an episode out for you guys on January the 2nd, which is a Monday. It's the technically the the New Year's holiday. I'll have it for you out, out for you guys, um, which I think you'll really, really enjoy. Um, but before uh, I let Jasmine have um, take it away, again, thank you and over and Hi everyone, it's Jasmine. I want to say a big, big thank you to all of our listeners this year and wish all of you a happy holidays and a happy new year. Along with Ashley, I'm looking forward to kicking off the ST5 era on the podcast next year, and I'm looking forward to creating new episodes very soon. Over and out.